Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Got to get that straight. It feels like a Monday as we get back into the show and the routine of things, as I'm sure that all of you are as well. But glad to have you with us. A long weekend of holiday celebration and also the weekend that really starts the college football season. I think you could say if you include the Duke-Clemson game, there were a couple games yesterday, and by the way, Duke beat Clemson. That was probably the most college football I got to see uh, over the weekend except for the IU game. Um, College football is here. Five days of college football over a holiday weekend to get things started. And so a lot to think about from an IU perspective. Uh, Initially, what jumps off to me immediately after the game, Indiana lost the game as we expected them to to Ohio State, but it was 23-3. to uh, So what does that mean? Is Ohio State not as good as what we're guys being? Or maybe was Indiana able to slow them down and stop them some? Uh, it's hard to know after week one. But I think Indiana fans, I don't want to say you're ever happy with a loss or with only putting up three points on the scoreboard, but it feels a lot better to lose 23-3 if you're an IU fan than what the spread was predicted to be or what the IU-Ohio State margin has been uh, a lot of times when the Buckeyes and the Hoosiers hook up. So we'll see about this Indiana team. Uh, Taven Jackson, both quarterbacks getting some opportunity. It sounds like we'll see both again this weekend as Indiana enters week two of the college football season. But uh, kind of just too early to know, I think for sure. I don't think this team's going to be strong. I've said I think it's a a three-win football team. I'm not not ready to change any predictions at this point after a 23-3 loss to Ohio State. But I think we'll know a lot more against Indiana State in Week 2. I think it's a game Indiana needs to not only win, but show a little bit of dominance in. And uh, we'll see how things go this week. But we'll unpack the IU loss coming up today and a lot more. Another big week of high school football all the games back to Friday night, which is good in some ways. It keeps everything together. But I kind of like the Friday, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening stuff that the Heat forced some changes a week ago. It kind of extended the weekend and gave you a chance to focus in on some different teams and multiple teams. But uh, week to, week three of high school football in the books and Uh, definitely some things to talk about there. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show today. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll talk more college football. We'll talk some basketball recruiting, a little high school football in this opening segment. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join. 
Mike is with us on Tuesdays as we talk the latest with IU football, and we can't help but get into IU basketball and recruiting, especially with all the visitors that were on campus over the weekend and additional visitors that are expected to be around this weekend as well. So we'll do all of that and more with Mike Schumann. And then later in the show, Daniel McDonald, the uh, Providence football coach, is with us. The Pioneers are off to a great start. They are the talk of Clark and Floyd counties when it comes to high school football. They have rolled to victories in their first three games, beating Indianapolis, Washington, Holy Cross from Louisville, and then beat Madison uh, easily over the weekend. So we're headed into a big game for Providence against Charlestown, and Coach McDonald is going to be with us a little bit later in the program to talk about the Pioneers' start to the season and what is ahead. And I said Charlestown. It's Clarksville coming up this week for Providence, Charlestown the following week. And that's a game I've got circled. That September 15th date uh, at Charlestown for Providence should be a good one here in the area. But Coach McDonald with us a little bit later in the show. And that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. So a busy show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, Providence football coach, Daniel McDonald will all be with us today. Uh, why not try Honey Baked Ham in New Albany for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily. They will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Don't forget text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, love to hear from you. Were you in Bloomington over the weekend? Uh, did you see Romeo? Uh, Romeo and Trace Jackson Davis and I think Jalen hood Chafino and Race Thompson, a lot of the guys back in Bloomington for the opener for the Hoosiers. Uh, so did you see him? Love to know your thoughts on IU football. What do you think? Was it a positive for Indiana that they were only defeated 23-3, to or do you have concerns about this team moving forward after seeing this Hoosier football team take the field for the first time this season? 502-414-1450 is the number. Again, 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. Uh, let's get into our headlines of the day. First, this IU football game. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about it. We'll talk more about it today. Both quarterbacks got the opportunity to play. Uh, that's obviously something that was unique uh, from an Indiana perspective. I think both are expected to play again coming up a little bit later in this week. Um, also, I don't know, based on what we saw on the field and what we heard from Coach Allen after the game, if Indiana really is any closer than it was before the season opener to finding uh, who their starting quarterback for this season will be. Uh, neither guy seemed to be necessarily impressive or overtake the other. And of course, we've only got three points put on the board. Um, that, that makes sense. So uh, this Indiana State game forthcoming will probably be uh, maybe more defining about this team from the quarterback position 
to other positions and you know maybe where ultimately this team can get this season. I think we'll know more when they take on Indiana State. By the way, Indiana will host Indiana State 7 p.m. on Friday uh, at Memorial Stadium. Indiana State 0-1 on the season after a loss this weekend, as is Indiana after the loss to Ohio State. I saw this, I think it was before the game, but Tom Allen, I love when he says this stuff, I hate Friday night Big Ten football. I hate when Indiana specifically plays on Friday night because that is the one night for high school football to shine. And in our state, high school football is good, especially in the metropolitan Indianapolis area, but that is the night for those guys to get the publicity, the radio, maybe some television broadcast, internet streaming, um, keep Big Ten football, keep college football off of Friday. And I know it has to do with television and sponsorships and money, but I hate to see it. And every so often it falls where not only is there a Big Ten game on a Friday night, but Indiana plays. And I just hate it. So it was good to see Tom Allen speak up on that. No surprise, though. He's a former high school football head coach, a guy that uh, coached in our state at a couple different places and had a meaningful high school career. But you just hate to see that as the times change and as, as college football spreads out and you know now being played a couple Thursday night games. I think Louisville has a Thursday night game this coming week. And as you get into the season further, some of the smaller conferences, the MAC stands out specifically, they have some of the midweek games that get you started maybe even as early as Tuesday, definitely Wednesday night. So I just hate to see high school football be competed with on Fridays. I think in our area especially, it's great when they get the chance to shine and the media gives them all the consideration on those dates. Uh, So I hate that. I know that's a small sidebar to the game, but Friday night games for IU football really stink, and to me that's the reason why. I mentioned this already, but I think both quarterbacks will play this weekend according to what Coach Allen said after the game as the team awaits uh, somebody to step up and maybe take the QB1 position and um, so there you go that's kind of a recap there's lots of other areas of the team to break down we'll talk more about the game coming up with Mike Schumann a little bit later in the program today Uh, other headlines today this is one other little IU football note Uh, did you know Indiana has a takeaway uh, award or a takeaway belt I think it's called and believe it or not this belt that they hold up after a takeaway is was donated to IU uh, by the McMahon family. That is, yes, the McMahon, Vince McMahon, WWF, now WWE promoter, owner, because uh, he has, what, a nephew that I believe is on the team, uh, or his son's uh, child, Declan McLean, McMahon, who is a, a redshirt freshman from Brooklyn, New York. So, um Kind of an interesting connection. I think we talked about his commitment, his connection to the McMahon family and professional wrestling when he initially committed to the program. But uh, there you go. Uh, A interesting connection and a new piece of jewelry on the IU sideline, the takeaway belt. Uh, So uh, Indiana proudly displaying that when they get the opportunity to on the sideline. Also a note as far as recruiting goes in the class of 2024, and I think you'll see more of this as we get further into September and definitely into October, but Austin Schwartz is going to announce his college commitment. 
his decision on t- Tuesday, so later today. He is from North Carolina. He was scheduled to visit I- IU on September 14th, 15th, and 16th. I would say that obviously this early commitment, this early decision means that uh, Schwartz is going to commit somewhere else. Uh, we'll see where he goes. An announcement is expected a little bit later this afternoon. But uh, obviously no one expects Schwartz at this point to pick Indiana. He's in the top 50 of the 2024 class. And uh, other players, of course, key players coming in this weekend. Liam McNeely, big, big key for Indiana to get. Derek Queen, who's been in and is a teammate of uh, McNeely. Queen has been in before. Curtis Givens and, uh, 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 excuse me, Anor Boateng, who we had his uh, coach on uh, last week. Uh, three of those guys, that's McNeely, Queen, and Givens, do in this weekend, and Boating will be in a little bit later in the month. So as we've said, huge month for IU recruiting. And speaking of recruiting, drop down a class to 2025. Uh, Xavier Robinson will visit Indiana again later this month as well when Indiana hosts Akron on September 23rd that weekend. He is expected to check out the campus. He is from Lawrence North and uh, was at Notre Dame this past weekend. And I think he's also got Big Ten visits to Illinois and Ohio State scheduled this month as well. So it's a busy time, not just for guys that are getting ready to start their senior year of high school basketball, but also for younger guys as well who want to get out and check out some of these campuses. But uh, Xavier Robinson, another in-state name to know, and he's going to be back on campus over the weekend uh, to visit uh, actually a couple weeks from now for the Akron game. Uh, And then I mentioned this, but Jalen Huchifino, Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, Nate Childress, Romeo Langford, Rob Fennessy, former player who transferred to Cincinnati, and Devontae Green were all at Indiana over the weekend for the IU-Ohio State game. Of course, TJD has a legit connection to the team. His younger brother, Taven Jackson, made his debut as at least one of the IU quarterbacks. And uh, they got introduced to the fans, fired out some T-shirts from the cannon. Uh, Mike Woodson, of course, the current team, they were there as well. And then you had Jalen Harrelson, Darius Adams, and Malachi Marino on campus. Those are all 2025 top 50 guys that were checking things out. IU Social Media put out a, a cool video of... Trace and Race stopping by Coach Woodson's office to surprise him uh, for a quick visit upon their arrival in Bloomington. That was kind of neat to see the connection between Coach and former players and how joyful he was to see those guys come into his office. But it's also neat that Romeo Langford was there. Of course, Romeo recently gets an Exhibit 10 deal with the Utah Jazz. I think Romeo was in this area after his uh, time in Bloomington over the weekend. I believe he was down in New Albany at least yesterday. Uh, so good to see him back at Indiana and back on campus and hanging out with some of the other former players as well. One conference realignment note, I know with all the games that took place over the weekend, uh, this is old news, but of course Stanford and Cal and now SMU are headed to the ACC in 2024. Uh, Pac-12 is done, uh, essentially, and boy, Oregon State and Washington State of the Pac-12, they are the only schools from that conference who are left without a conference home at this point. It is amazing to look at these new conference alignments, 
who is where, and uh, all the different geograph uh, geographic connections now for these conferences that pretty much all used to be very regional. The ACC, the Atlantic Coast, the eastern part of the country, the Big Ten, very much the Midwest, but they, a number of years ago, began to expand their footprint. Of course, Pac-12, basically all northwestern and west coast for the most part, but my, how things have changed and how things have changed quickly. So we'll see what's next with conference realignment. I would say that uh, there will be more. There will be changes. There will be additions and subtractions. Hard for me to believe that the Big Ten is totally done at this point. Notre Dame, obviously, a big piece out there. But obviously, big get for the ACC and what a change for them. They now enter the same feeling of the Big Ten Conference with a handful of teams from out west. It sure changes the footprint of that conference and the travel. You know, the weekend stuff, we've said this a lot, the weekend stuff for football, really not that big a deal. A lot of these teams, I think all these teams are flying private or flying charter, so no problem. But you want to talk about a Tuesday softball game or a Thursday cross-country meet or a golf, uh, you know, match uh, that you know, just just difficult, and uh, especially when you get into during the week and uh, so many different uh, trips and opponents, and going to be interesting to see how the Big Ten and the ACC make all this work as these new players, new teams come into the fold next season. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. We'll catch up with some high school football a little bit later as well. I want to recap some of the happenings from over the weekend. So still ahead, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll recap IU football against Ohio State. We'll talk some IU basketball recruiting. And Providence coach Daniel McDonald going to talk about the Pioneers' 3-0 start to the season, wins over Indianapolis, Washington, Holy Cross of Louisville, and Madison. And then this week they'll play at Clarksville in a 7 p.m. game on week three of the, excuse me, week four of the high school football season. Hard to believe we are zooming through the high school football season. Stay with us. This is a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. And for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you'd like to comment on IU football, the loss on Saturday to Ohio State, and, of course, the upcoming Friday night game against Indiana State. Mike, 23-3 wasn't the margin that the betters predicted, and uh, I tell you what, it's uh, curious. I'm curious your take on this IU football team. It's obviously a loss. Indiana struggled to score and did not have a touchdown, but uh, they didn't get beat as bad as what people predicted. What are your thoughts on IU football and their season uh, opening loss to Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, it it was really, for me, a a tale of two sides of the football. I really thought that 
the defense played much better than I thought that they could have against a team of that caliber. Um, you know, especially the secondary. You know, that was probably the biggest key to the game going in for me was how would I use young, inexperienced, and, and really brand new secondary compete against what I believe is one of the best receiving cores in the country uh, for Ohio State in, in a number of ways. The, the defense just really stood out to me. I mean, obviously, the the numbers that that Marvin Harrison Jr. and his uh, teammates uh, out on out on the receiving court produced were very impressive from an IU standpoint. I think Harrison just had two catches in the game, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, you know, there was eight pass breakups by Indiana, an interception. Obviously, there's there was, a, there was uh, some tackles for loss. Um, you know, to, to hold Ohio State to 23 was a major accomplishment. I think three times out of the last four times they played, Ohio State got into the 50s. Um, you know, that the, the, just even holding Ohio State to field goals instead of touchdowns, those are things we just haven't seen uh, from Indiana in, in the last few years from a defensive standpoint. So it really seemed to me that the, uh, the the new guys that they brought in, a lot of those guys out there on Saturday were transfers that were new to the program. Um, so far, it, it seems like they are clicking. Now, to, to be sure, Ohio State is going through their own kind of quarterback situation, um, and it probably, you know, from my untrained eye, not following that program as closely as I do IU, I mean, I, I don't think that they had either of their quarterbacks worth the caliber of what they've had on the field in the last decade, so um, that, that's obviously why they're still trying to figure out their own situation. So that no doubt played into it, but nevertheless, there, there's elite talent up and down the, the field for Ohio State, and I use defense, in my opinion, played well enough to win that game. Yeah, talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, I'm curious, I know inexperienced quarterbacks, two quarterbacks, Indiana, giving both guys an opportunity, but why so few pass attempts against Ohio State. Too dangerous? Uh, what about, you know, in the latter, well, I shouldn't say latter part, but midway through the game when you're still in contention for a victory, why not open the playbook up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it, it felt during the game like that they were really trying to manage the clock, keep, you know, shorten the game, keep it low scoring. Um, and that was kind of the messaging that we heard uh, from the staff both after the game and also yesterday at, at their press conference, but that was in fact what they were trying to do: is, is keep it close, keep it low scoring, give yourself a chance to win at the end. Um, and, and I get that to a certain extent, especially um, with, with the rule change in college football, with the you know how the clock runs after first downs. So there's going to be less plays, and, and so theoretically, you should have more of a chance to to keep some of these um, games that on paper look like they're you know not balanced competitively keep them closer for longer and give yourself a puncher's chance. So I think that's what was going on there. I think the the problem is that they, they just probably got too conservative. I mean, I think the, the one pass uh, choice there was probably like three or four to one through the first uh, two and a half, three quarters. And I, I think even Walt Bell said yesterday uh, that, that he waited too long to, to get aggressive and the game kind of slipped away there in the third quarter and they just couldn't uh, maintain that that um, connection there in the game. So I, I think, you know, they clearly went into the game, you know, not trying to 
better, anybody's confidence. Um, I think part of it, too, was Ohio State. I think Ohio State's defense was playing conservative. I, I think that they didn't bring a lot of pressure. I think they, they played more too deep safety type looks um, and, and just went into it with the mindset of, hey, we know you got two young quarterbacks. Let's see if they can sustain, you know, 10, 12 play drives against us. We, we, we don't think you can. I, that's certainly what I was seeing out of Ohio State. And it's, you know, it seemed like a pretty safe bet on, on their part and turned out that way for them. So I, I think there was multiple aspects going on there. Talking to Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. It sounds like, based on what Coach Allen said after the game, we'll see both quarterbacks get an opportunity to play Friday night against Indiana State. Do you think this will kind of be the game that decides who QB1 officially is going to be, at least for the foreseeable future? I think they want it to be. I think that that's the plan that they have had uh, during the last couple of weeks of fall camp. Is to, you know, no, nobody separated themselves throughout fall camp, and so they thought, you know, you get this game against Ohio State, who's a, an elite opponent. It's really going to test your kind of your moxie and your nerves and your your grit, and then you're going to get an opponent like Indiana State, who, who you hope. You know, it's kind of the opposite where you can open up the offense, where you can kind of just see, okay, when these guys are, when you just turn these guys loose, what do they really look like? Um, unfortunately, I, I, I don't think, and I think the staff has also said that they don't think anybody really differentiated themselves all that much on Saturday. And so I guess, you know, we're coming down to this game against Indiana State on Friday night with the hope that somebody does, because I don't think that they want to go into the, the Louisville game and beyond still having this, this situation. I don't think it's anything that anyone's interested in doing over the course of the season, um, but it's incumbent on somebody uh, to, to really stand out and show that they are uh, head and shoulders above the other. And it's just really hard to see. I think what, what fans saw on Saturday against Ohio State is what we saw throughout August at fall camp, what we saw when, at, at the scrimmage that we were allowed to attend. Um, it, it's just more of the same. I think you can see that Soresby has a little bit more of a, uh, a little bit stronger arm. Jackson might have a little bit quicker feet. Um, but, but in neither respect is, is that there's such a difference there that you can just point to one and say that that's the, the guy that needs to be the, the answer going forward. Um, I thought there were some tells in the, approach that they took on on Saturday, you know, when it did get to that point of, you know, okay, you're down 20 to 3, you've got to start to open up the offense and throw. They put Sorsby back in and started throwing a ton, so that kind of told you that they, you know, if they're in that spot where they need to throw, they do trust Sorsby's arm a little bit more at this point, so um, we'll see where it goes, but I think they definitely want want somebody to, to step out in this game and really take, take the reins and and become the um, the official starter uh, when they face Louisville and Indianapolis in Week Three. Yeah, well, I'm excited. I know a lot of people excited about that game uh, in, at, in Indianapolis against Louisville. Of course, Louisville got off to a rough start in the first half, but came back and made the most of it, able to get a win down in Atlanta over Georgia Tech. So that could be a Tough week three game. We'll see. Mike, another question related to IU football as we head into this Indiana State game. Really not a question, but more of just a comment. I just don't like Friday night 
IU games, Friday night Big Ten games. I know Coach Allen had some comments on this last week, but that's the one night for high school football in our state to shine. But because of sponsorships and television and money, Friday night now has become a college football night as well, and Indiana going to play this Friday against Indiana State. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I think Tom Allen's been outspoken both Saturday night and yesterday that, that he is uh, firmly opposed to the idea of playing college football on Friday nights. And you do have to wonder, like, how how well it does from a rating standpoint, you know. I think, you know, a lot of people do prefer to watch high school football on a Friday night, you know, if you got kids or friends or families that are involved in, in high school programs, you're, you're going to gravitate that way on a Friday night. So you do wonder how the, the ratings turn out for, for college football on a Friday night versus a more competitive situation on, on a Saturday. I, I suppose since we've been doing this for a while that, that the numbers are good enough for, for the, the, the television networks to, to keep doing it. Um, you know, it's it's probably one of those deals where we we say we don't like it, and I, I'd be in that same camp of you know let, let the let the kids have their their game on Friday night and let, let college be on on Saturday or even Thursday if you want to have a, a different kind of night like that. But I, I suspect it's one of those deals where we, we'll say that stuff and we just sound like the, the grouchy old stay off my lawn <laughs> guys because I don't think it's going to change. <laughs> I do, I do like it. I said this at the start of the show. I, I love five-day uh, weekend of college football. That was great. I didn't get a chance to see as much as I would like, but it's still nice to know that those games are there and available. But uh, I, I'm with you. Thursday night, like Louisville plays down here on Thursday, that kind of gets the weekend started maybe a little earlier. It gives you something to look forward to. So I'm not opposed to like different things and new ideas, but – I just feel like the way high school football is structured where it's one night a week, uh, they stay off of that. And maybe even allow the coaches that Friday night, if it's a home game, uh, to get out and recruit and see players in the state or at least in the Midwest from an IU perspective. So I hate to be that old grouchy guy, but I think I'm becoming that, Mike. Yeah, and I, you mentioned recruiting, and that's another aspect that hurts the teams that end up playing on Friday night. I mean, IU effectively loses two days of recruiting by having this game on Friday night. They don't get to send their coaches out to, to high school games on Friday, and they don't get to invite kids to their game uh, on the weekend because obviously no high school kid's going to be able to come to th- this game on Friday night because they've got their own game. So it's not advantageous from, from that standpoint either. Mike, I want to get a couple quick IU basketball recruiting things with you before we wrap up the segment today. Um, a player named Austin Swartz, who was set to visit Indiana later this month, is going to make a decision today. Obviously, this early announcement, I assume, knocks Indiana out. Any idea where Swartz is going, or at least the schools that we think he'll consider from? Yeah, I mean, the, the national guys are, are logging their predictions for Miami, and I think he just visited there. Uh, I think it's one of those situations where you see kids in, in the summer put out like a list of five, six schools that they plan to visit. The first thing I always think when I see those lists are, are they really going to make it to all of those visits? Because you could just have one that, you know, checks all the boxes and, you know, you're starting to get tired of taking visits. You know, some schools are, you know, emphasizing you more than others. Um, and, and you just go ahead and make a decision that that feels right at the time. That that happens quite often. And I, th- I think that's what happened here is that, you know, he looks like based on what, where, 
where, what people are saying that he's going to end up at Miami. Um, definitely not going to end up at IU if he's deciding today and he was scheduled to visit IU uh, uh, next week and, and has never really been to Bloomington. So I think fans can, can safely assume that it's not going to go Indiana's way today. And I know uh, quickly here we got to talk about the big recruiting weekend ahead. Liam McNeely, Derek Queen, Curtis Givens, uh, some big 2024 names are going to be uh, around this weekend, and it's uh, a huge opportunity for Indiana maybe to seal the deal with McNeely, and who knows with Queen and Givens. They've been in on those guys for some time, but it's shaping up to be a huge weekend and really a huge fall for Indiana as far as on-campus visits go. Yeah, this this weekend, as long as I've been doing this, I, I can't think of a, a bigger a single weekend of official visits than this one. Um, not just because of who the guys are. Um, you got McNeely and Queen, who were both top 15 five stars in the class of 2024, and Givens, who's their teammate at Montverde Academy and also a top 50 guard. Uh, but it's that Montverde aspect as well. It's been such a development over the last couple of years with Indiana, starting with Jalen Hutchifino and then Malik Renew. Uh, soon followed, and then the success that Hood Shafino has had um, has really catapulted Indiana's relationship with that, with that program, and it's such a critical program as just those rankings that I just mentioned. That's just three players. Virtually every player on that team is a high-major college basketball pro- product. They, just about everybody that goes through the program ends up in the NBA in some way, shape, or form, so it's a critical relationship. And, and it really kind of seems to be coming to a head this weekend. You got you got McNeely and Queen both coming off of official visits to Kansas uh, this past weekend. So it's it's a really interesting time to get those guys uh, together on campus this weekend. They're, they're close friends. Um, you know, I've said for a couple months that I think McNeely is an IU lean. I still think he is, but it, it, it's it's very interesting to get him right off of Kansas visit. That's a clear kind of comparison for him to be able to make um, and a clear challenge for Indiana to overcome. But they just did it with McKenzie and Baco. It's very similar in the sense that Mbaco went from Kansas to IU, had a great IU visit, and decided very soon thereafter. Um, and I think IU's got a very similar pitch to McNeely as they do Mbaco. They're both kind of that combo forward with perimeter skills that, that, that they want to, um, you know, Playing those type of players to truly modernize their their program. So massive weekend for IU, no doubt about it. Absolutely. All right, Mike Schumann with us on Tuesdays. Mike, catch up with you next week. All right, Matt. Talk to you later. We'll head out to a quick commercial break. We're back with Providence football coach Daniel McDonald here in just a moment. The Pioneers off to a tremendous start this season. We'll talk about the first three weeks for Providence coming up after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday show. Thornton's text line is open, 502 414 
1450 again 502-414-1450 and with us right now coach Daniel McDonald he's in year four as the Providence football boss and the pioneers are the talk of Clark and Floyd County so far this football season Providence is 3-0, a 56-6 win over Indianapolis, Washington to begin the season, a 47-10 win over Holy Cross of Louisville in Week 2, and then this past Friday night at Madison, a 51-0 win for Providence. Coach, congratulations on a great start to the season for your team. I appreciate it, Matt. Um, our guys are playing really good football right now, and we're, we're very proud of them. Coach, you have to feel like uh, just for three games in, this team is firing on all cylinders. I know Luke Kruger had a big game Friday night, three first-half touchdowns, but so many contributions in a win like that across both sides of the ball and with so many of your different players. Yeah, we're, we're not quite firing on all cylinders yet. Um, we, we always have things that we can improve on. Um, and you mentioned Luke, um, obviously, is playing very good football this year. Um and it's to the point, Matt, where, you know, name a kid on the roster and he's, he's contributing in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I sit and have dinner with my wife and my family, and we just talk about, you know, different kids on the, on the team right now who you can look at and say they're playing good football or they made this play Friday night. Um, so it's, it's where we wanted to be when I first took the job. Talking with Daniel McDonald, head coach at Providence. Coach, I know that uh, Clarksville is not having the season. Maybe they did a year or so ago, but it's a big game Friday, the town championship in Clarksville. So I'm sure your your team at 3-0 and against 0-3 Clarksville, you'll have no problem getting them up to play in this town championship game Friday. Yeah, we always um, – we never really have any trouble getting ready to play Clarksville from a mentality standpoint. Um they're, like you said, they're not having the season they thought they were going to have or maybe that they wanted to have, but they have enough talent on the roster to be dangerous. So we definitely have to make sure we're prepared for them. Coach, I want to talk to you a little bit about the offensive side of things. 56 points week one, 47 week two, and 51 on week three. What's clicking with this offense that has got so many touchdowns and points going on the board? I think we can attribute a lot of our success on offense to our uh, commitment to our weight room facilities. Um, our guys, over the course of the, the winter and the spring, really bought into the weight room. Um, we just had a new weight room built thanks to some very generous donations from some private donors, and and that matters. Our, our guys are able to kind of push some people around and open up holes for our running backs to run. Daniel McDonald, coach of Providence, with us here on this Tuesday edition of the program. To get off to a 3-0 and start, I know that you shied away from when I said you're clicking on all cylinders. I get it. You want to continue to improve and see just exactly how good this Providence team could be. But to have a 3-0 and start, to put all kind of points on the board, to really get the students and the fans behind you, this is a coach's dream, right, to begin a season with this much momentum? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like I said earlier, it's, this is where I wanted to be four years ago when I took the job. Um, I knew that this senior class as freshmen, um, or excuse me, when they were freshmen, I knew that when they were seniors, they would be special um, as long as they worked hard and, and did what they had to do in the classroom. And um, they've, they've been everything I've expected them to be. Um, I mean, go down our roster and, and name a senior, and that, that individual is contributing at a high level right now. Um, even 
Sam Betts, a, a kid who didn't even play football until he was a sophomore in high school. Um, he plays right guard for us now, and he's committed to the weight room, transformed his body. And, I mean, Friday night against Madison, he had a play where he pulled and took out two guys on one block. Um, so we're really happy with all the seniors, Carter Lannon, Kate Unruh, Brian Walsh. All those guys are playing very good football right now. I couldn't be happier for them. Daniel McDonald, head coach of Providence Football Pioneers, 3-0. and They were 3-0 and last season, 3-0 and once again this season as well. Coach, let us I know you don't want to look beyond Clarksville on the schedule. That's your next opponent coming up this Friday night in week four. But the rest of the way, I see a challenge with Charlestown coming up on September 15th. But there's an opportunity for this Providence team to really make some noise, gather some wins the rest of the way. And I know it sounds crazy to talk about as we enter week four of the regular season, but there could be some real momentum heading into the postseason now that Providence in 1A, sectional 48, an opportunity to, to really think ahead and compete for some stuff later in the year. I know that's exciting to the players and the coaching staff as well. There, there's a lot of buzz around Providence and the, the Providence community in southern Indiana about us, and we, we kind of embrace that. I've told our guys, don't don't shy away from high expectations. Um I mean, I'm not going to act like they're not a talented group of kids. They have great talent. They work hard. They come from great families. So the ingredients for success are there. Now, we we game plan every week as if we're we're playing the best opponent on our schedule, whether it's an 0-10 team or, or a 15-0 team. Um, but I, I definitely don't want our guys to shy away from high expectations and say, oh, well, this you know could happen or that. We, we want them to carry themselves with some confidence. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, if we, if we take it week by week and, and practice hard and, and play hard, you know, you never know what could happen. But, you know, definitely there are some opponents coming up that, that are very talented and very well coached. Um, you mentioned Charlestown and, you know, looking ahead, but or I'm sorry, not looking ahead, but really looking ahead. Charlestown has athletes all over the field. Uh, they're very well coached, and you know, that's, the past three years has been a great game for us. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to some challenges on the, on the schedule this year. All right, Coach McDonald of Providence with us here on this Tuesday show. Coach, I know we'll talk again as the season moves along, but once again, congrats on a great start for Providence football. I appreciate it, Matt. All right, Coach McDonald with us. And, yeah, Providence rolling and uh, the senior leadership coach mentioned, you mix that around, we'll see exactly what this Providence team uh, can accomplish this season. But off to a great start. Lots of winnable games ahead. I've already got that Providence and Charlestown game circled on the calendar, like I'm sure a lot of people do. I think it is going to be a fun one uh, this uh, just a couple weeks from now uh, here in our local football schedule for sure. Taking a look across the area this week, Charlestown, speaking of the Pirates, they are 2-1 and one after a handle easy win over Clarksville 53-20 in that contest. Floyd Central, another victory. They were able to cruise past Silver Creek 56-28. The Highlanders coming off of that thrilling win the way it finished, the way it ended the week before up at Bedford over Terre Haute South, 
now back-to-back wins for the Highlanders. Jeffersonville struggling. I thought Bedford might be one of the games they could be right in there with. If not win, they lost 49-20 in week three of high school football. The Red Devils 0-3 on the season. New Albany, it's been a tough start for them with Franklin and Christian Academy in weeks one and two, but they got on the winning side of things Friday night with a win over Jennings County, a good one for Steve Cooley's Bulldog team, 41-20, the final score there. And, of course, uh, that's a look at everybody in the area. We'd already mentioned Providence and their easy win over Madison, 51-0, the final score there. So that's where we're at with high school football, headed into week four this Friday night. I think we're supposed to get some rain, maybe chances of it at least, a little bit later in the week, and so we will see how it plays out, but uh, hoping for good weather, and I think it's supposed to cool down also, so should be pretty comfortable as long as the rain stays away for week four of the high school football season. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday show. Be back with you Wednesday and Thursday this week. I'm out on Friday, so we will not have a Friday show, but uh, getting in three days with you here in the middle of the week. Don't forget, if you missed a live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. We'd love to have you live on the Big X or on demand via podcast. No matter how you join us, we are glad to have you with us. Have a great Tuesday. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.